Chris. This is the Heidi Hammer Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. I also do a live radio show weekdays, 9 to noon, five days a week on AM 670 KMZQ. Sometimes I post segments of the show. Sometimes I post things that are different than the show. I'm always honored to have Dr. Kelly Victory join my show every week. We call it Medical Mondays, and this week she talked about Johnson & Johnson and the vaccine, the difference between Moderna and Pfizer. She's always kind to provide my audience with hashtag facts, not fear. Here's my chat with Dr. Kelly Victory. You wake up. She opens your eyes. The Heidi Harris Show on AM 670 KMZQ. Good morning. How you doing? Glad you're here. It's Medical Monday on the Heidi Harris Show. We always appreciate Dr. Kelly Victory making some time for our audience. Thank you so much, Dr. Kelly Victory, for being here. Hashtag facts, not fear. Welcome back, doctor. Thanks. Happy to be here, Heidi. Glad to have you. So Johnson & Johnson has gotten not FDA approval, but approval to use this on an emergency basis. Can you please explain that for those who don't understand? Because you and I have talked in the past about the other vaccines that have never actually been approved by the FDA, but were approved for emergency use. Talk about the distinction. No, no. Actually, this is the same, Heidi. Um, And and this has really, I think, been a purposeful muddying of the water by the mainstream media. Uh, What they've said about Johnson & Johnson is, it's FDA approved, parenthesis, for emergency use. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is exactly the same as Moderna and Pfizer. The FDA granted an EUA, an emergency use authorization. That means it is not FDA approved. It has not gone through the FDA approval process because it simply hasn't had adequate time to do so. So all three of these vaccines, while they are different, and we can talk about that, are only being used under an emergency use authorization. And it's important for people to know that in order to get that EUA, a company making a vaccine needs to testify or you know, state two, two important things. Number one, that they believe, based on their very early, uh, very preliminary testing, that the vaccine will work. And as importantly, that number two, there are no other treatments available which is why I believe they have really doubled down over and over again uh, on things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine because they need to keep saying those things don't work, can't work. Otherwise, they would never have been granted the emergency use authorization for the vaccine. That's important. We're with Dr. Kelly Victory. Facts, not fears, the hashtag that she uses, that's interesting. And now they're talking about with Johnson & Johnson. They're talking about beginning testing on the single-dose shot on children, infants. Are you kidding me? Well, it is scary stuff. Uh, right now, the FDA uh, and the CDC have recommended use of all three of these vaccines for people 18 years and older. Um, actually, the uh, the Pfizer vaccine can be used down to the age of 16. Um, but none of them have been tested or, or certainly not been approved for use in children at all, let alone babies. Um, I find it problematic uh, for a number of reasons, including the fact that children and certainly infants are at essentially zero risk from COVID-19. So I'm not sure why we would go down that path right now when we haven't even proven the uh, effectiveness or the safety in adults. Yeah, that's scary. We're speaking of Dr. Kelly Victory. Facts, not fears are hashtag. Uh, let's talk about the difference between the one-dose jab, which is Moderna and Pfizer, as you mentioned, uh, or the two-dose jabs, and then the one-dose Johnson & Johnson. One is mRNA, right? Messenger RNA. Talk to me about how they differ. 
Yes. Okay. So Pfizer and Moderna use messenger RNA. Messenger RNA is a single strand um, of genetic material versus DNA, which is a double strand. Messenger RNA is far more uh, fragile, if you will. It's why it needs to be stored at those really super cold temperatures. Okay. Uh, and it's a much more fragile uh, piece of genetic material. It's important to know it has never, messenger RNA, the, the technology being used by Pfizer and Moderna, has never been used effectively and safely in a human vaccine. It has failed over and over again, uh, sometimes with devastating results. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine uses um, more traditional technology in two ways. First of all, it uses DNA, that double-stranded genetic material, which is much more stable. Uh, it also uses another virus, an adenovirus, one that commonly causes a, a common cold, that has been what we call attenuated, meaning it's been rendered harmless. It can't replicate and it can't cause disease. But the vaccine uses that adenovirus to carry the DNA into your body, the DNA that will tell your body how to make spike protein. So it's very complex technology and tough to explain uh, in lay terms in a short period, but suffice to say, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine uses more traditional vaccine technology, meaning using a virus to carry something into your body rather than just injecting the genetic material itself. Um, they have tested these, and this is the uh, vaccine technology that they're using for the Ebola and HIV and Zika virus uh, vaccines that are uh, currently being uh, studied and produced. So the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, in addition to being just one shot versus two, uses significantly more traditional vaccine technology. Well, I appreciate you explaining it very clearly because you've got to explain it to me like I'm four years old. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. She's the president of Victory Health. So, doctor, when, when you talk about the DNA that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has, a lot of people believe that this vaccine, you certainly hear the stories, changes your DNA in some way. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and, and I understand why people have that fear, but it isn't the case. It does not, while it gets incorporated into the cells, the cells will then begin, they have the instruction manual, if you will, to start producing the spike proteins that are found on the outside of COVID-19. That's what the DNA, or in the case of Moderna and, and Pfizer, what the messenger RNA instructs the cells to do. But it doesn't fundamentally become incorporated within your own DNA. Okay. It doesn't fundamentally change your DNA at all. It just gives your cells a new blueprint to follow to create these, in this case, these spike proteins. Wow. So uh, there are lots of concerns. I have many concerns about uh, the vaccines, all three of them, because they have not been adequately tested. But one shouldn't be concerned that it is going to alter irrevocably the DNA of your body. Okay, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victor, and we should let people know if they're new to the show, new to listening to you here, and I know you've done a lot of interviews if they don't know you, you're not anti-vaccine. You just don't trust these. I'm not anti-vaccine either. I don't trust these, and I'm not a doctor like you are, but so it's not that you hate any vaccination. You're just scared about, or not scared, but concerned about these, and, and rightfully so, I think. Yeah, oh, hardly. I am pro-vaccine. In fact, people have described me in the past as a vaccine zealot. Uh, I have spoken and written prolifically about the importance of being vaccinated. 
the issue, Heidi, is that we have an FDA approval process for a reason. Vaccines um, are very, very complicated. Uh, they tell your body and your body's immune system what to do, and they essentially um, modify and modulate what your immune system will respond to. And it takes years, generally four to six years, for a vaccine to come to market if it ever comes to market at all. There are a lot of viruses out there for which scientists have never been able to create a safe vaccine. Think about things like HIV or Ebola, herpes, Coxsackie virus, norovirus, lots of viruses that have been around a heck of a lot longer than COVID-19 for which scientists have tried to create a vaccine. And then lo and behold, they find out that it has horrible uh, downstream side effects. And so my concerns are simply the lack of testing, the uh, inadequate amount of time that has gone by, and the fact that we simply do not know uh, large portions of the population haven't been tested with these vaccines, including pregnant women and lactating women, people with autoimmune diseases, and even people who have existing antibodies to COVID-19 because they already had the virus, whether they knew it or not. And these are all unanswered questions, which is what gives me my great concern. Absolutely. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. So with the confirmed cases in the United States now, we're looking at almost 29 million people. And I can tell you, and I'm sure you can say the same thing, I know so many people where one person in the family is actually on record. Four other people got it. Right. So I'm thinking you take this number and you at least double it, if not triple it, maybe quadruple it. And these are the people who've already gotten it. Haven't we reached herd immunity, doctor, at this point? Well, you're quite right, Heidi. And according to the CDC, their own estimate is that six to eight times as many people have actually had it that have been confirmed. So if you take the lower number, you know, if you say we're just about 30 million confirmed cases, even if you take the CDC's lower estimate of six times, that would mean 180 million Americans have likely already had COVID. Wow. So you, you, absolutely, we are getting very, you know, closer and closer to herd immunity. Um, and we are clearly seeing a decrease in the severity of the illness because although there's a lot of uh, hype about the new variants and a lot of fear-mongering about that, um, the, the reality is all viruses mutate. Coronaviruses happen to be pretty darn good at it. They do it quickly, but every single virus mutates. There are always new variants. The good news is that it would be exceedingly rare, almost unheard of, for a new variant to be more lethal, more deadly, to cause worse disease. The reality is viruses become weaker as they mutate, even if they are more, quote unquote, contagious, meaning it passes more easily, they are less and less deadly, less lethal. And that's what people have to remember. Yeah, that's great news. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. Dr. Victory, appreciate you joining me every week, Medical Monday. Dr. Kelly Victory, president of Victory Health. You can follow her on Twitter at Dr. Kelly Victory, just like you would think it would be spelled. So great talking to you, and I love your hashtag, Facts Not Fear, because that's what we're all about here. Great. Have a great week, and we'll chat next Monday. Thank you, doctor. Appreciate that. 
Always great speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. Hashtag facts, not fear. People forget that these aren't actually approved by the FDA. They're just approved for emergency use. They haven't gone through the normal testing that the FDA would require. None of these vaccines, which is why I'm not going to take them. I'm not telling you what to do. I would never do that. Some people feel as if they need that to protect themselves from dire consequences. And I get that. And it's up to you to make decisions for your own life. I'm just putting information out here and talking to multiple different sources about all of these kinds of things. So join me for my live show weekdays, 9 to noon on AM 670 KMZQ. There's a link to listen live at HeidiHarris.com from anywhere in the country. And uh, you can follow, of course, me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Heidi Harris Show. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.